to my podcast, From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and I'm not solo today. This episode will roll in roundtable style. If you follow me on Facebook or check out the podcast and YouTube channel, you've seen us really try to dissect what the Bible is and how we can approach reading God's Word. I figured this would be a good time to hear from other people about how they read the Bible, how they apply it to life, and how they approach the Bible and how that might have changed over the years. At one time or another, I've been blessed to be in a small group with each of them. I also love their wives, and I really want to get their inputs too, but due to social distancing challenges, we really don't want to get all of us and our herd of children together, but I promise at some point we'll try to bring all of them in as well. We're huddled around one microphone at my kitchen table trying to keep properly spaced, so hopefully everybody's audio gets picked up all right. Howdy, fellas. Uh, You can introduce yourselves. I'm Chris Taylor, um, good friends with Brian, happy to be here. I'm Stephen Price, uh, so I uh, met Brian when I moved up here about six years ago, uh, ended up being in the same small group, uh, and kind of grew to know him and become friends over the years, uh, just being in a small group, getting to know each other, knowing his family, um, having kids around the same time. And uh, it's just kind of grown over the years to, to be close. All right. So we'll start with some pretty easy questions first. Pretty straightforward. What are you currently reading through in your studies? So I, I've been kind of reading several different things. Um, so I teach a group of high school students, high school boys. And uh, so we've been going through the Gospel of Mark lately. So... Uh, I've been spending some of my time there, uh, going through there, which has been interesting. Um, I've read through Luke previously to that, and so I couldn't even tell you the last time I read Mark, so it's been interesting seeing some of the, the differences I didn't recall. Um, and then I'm in a men's group at church, and we've been uh, trying to read uh, a proverb every day, uh, which I did good the first time around, not doing so good this time, but uh, but we've been trying to to read, you know, it works out pretty convenient because there's 31 proverbs, um, so it works out pretty well for one a day. Or yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually in the same boat as Stephen. Uh, we've been going through proverbs with Harley and kind of reading one a day. And and um, for me, I just a lot of times I just like to pick my Bible up and see where it falls. But I, I do tend to go towards like a steady kind of pattern sometimes too, because I know pattern is a good thing. So, and it's good for my family to have that pattern and structure. So, Yeah, I'm currently studying through Matthew. Sneak peek, that's going to be the next series that we go through chapter by chapter, but I'm currently working through some of that, and that's really the only thing I have open in my Bible right now. But when did you all first start reading the Bible on your own, like outside of people, I don't know, force-feeding you verses or other people reading the Bible for you or telling you you have to do this today kind of thing? Was the first time you started doing it on your own? I think for me, when I was in middle school, um, you know, I was really started to get involved in a youth group and, and, uh, and going to church on a regular basis. I got saved when I was eight, but um, when I was in middle school, I was really eager to get into church again. Um, my family didn't go all the time and so I had friends that would take me and I, I realized you know kind of early onset from that that it, it was really important to read the Bible 
Um, and so I kind of, you know, read it almost every day. And uh, sometimes I've fallen away from that in my everyday life. Um, but yeah, in middle school, probably when I was 13. I think for me, you know, I was was raised with you know, Christian parents. So the importance of, of reading the Bible was kind of instilled early um, you know, at least the, the training element of that where you know I, I needed to read every day and but um, and I did Awanas growing up so you know that kind of pushed the Bible memory component of it um, but I do recall not really appreciating the value of it if, you know as a younger child uh, it was it was more of a task or a chore than something that I necessarily wanted or desired to do so I think I'm kind of like Chris in that uh, as I got into, you know, middle school, uh, high school in particular, I uh, started really appreciating the value of, of the Bible and, and what it can do. I didn't become a Christian until college, and the first time I ever opened the Bible to read more than, like, a page from John or something was probably sophomore or junior year of college. It's the first time I really did that. So... Y'all started reading the Bible earlier than me, and I'm really interested in, in the answer to this next question. How long before you started seeing the Bible as one story? Like, not as just an Old Testament and a New Testament, and the Old Testament had some stuff about Israelites, and the New Testament had some stuff about Jesus, but starting to see that everything in the Old Testament is actually pointing to Jesus, starting to connect those dots. So I know for me it took it took years. I mean, I started in college, and it was probably not till like, five years ago before I actually started connecting dots and reading stuff. When I was a kid, I only liked reading the New Testament. I just had a hard time kind of understanding the Old Testament. I was pumped about Jesus, you know, like, like in middle school and high school. I, like, I was like, give me more of this Jesus guy. You know, I want to know about how he saved my life, you know, early onset, you know, as I became a Christian. And uh, so the Old Testament, even to this day sometimes, is really hard for me to read. You know, in classes that I've taken in college, I've realized, you know, how the Old Testament uh, ties into worship and how worship is kind of translated throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. I think as an adult, you know, I really saw the value as the Old Testament and the New Testament being one book. And even to this day, like I said, it's still hard for me to read mm -hmm. the Old Testament, but I appreciate it. I think for me, um, you know, sometimes there's little little bits and pieces, like there's maybe a specific book uh, here or there where, you know, you go to a study and, and it started to kind of make sense. And I could see how it you know, pointed forward to Christ, but I think for where it really clicked, honestly, was um, well, like a couple of years ago when we decided to go through the whole Bible as a Bible study, as a kind of a survey of the Bible, and uh, we kind of decided, honestly, on kind of a whim, uh, at an Elevate weekend, uh, Brian and I were brainstorming um, kind of a direction for our small group, and um, we had a lot of people who were new to the faith that had kind of come in. And, uh, we decided, you know, so many of these books, they are hard to make sense of, particularly without context and explanation. And we thought, why don't we just go through uh, book by book, kind of one book a week, high level. Hey, what's going on here and how does it tie to the New Testament? How does it tie to Jesus? And even though I knew, like I could tell you bits and pieces here and there, like going through all of it at that rate, at that pace, um, it really started to click a little more just the how everything really does point to Christ. I found, especially during that study, 
that the more I connected dots, the more I was interested in reading. So like it became a lot less hard to read through books of the Bible, especially the Old Testament books, when I was able to connect dots. It's kind of like a golf shot. Like you hit the golf shot and you're like, all right, I got to hit another one kind of thing. When you end up in the woods, you don't want to play anymore. As we did that rapid fire, I really started to get into reading the Bible more because I felt like light bulbs were going off and that was kind of cool to me. Speaking of light bulbs, what are some of the biggest challenges you think people have when it comes to committing to read the Bible? Like, I, I think time is probably our number one, so we can probably all agree on that and just move on to some of the other challenges. But what are some of the other challenges you think people have? I think interpretation's hard, like particularly with what you said. Old Testament in particular, but even in the New Testament, there's there's constantly things that, in first glance, you're like, what is going on? With my high schoolers the other day, we were reading the passage where Jesus curses the, uh, the fig tree because it didn't have any figs on it. And it says it wasn't the season for figs. It's like... I don't, what's the what's the problem with this fig tree? Why is he cursing a fig tree? It's not even time for it to have figs. So, you know, face value some of these things, you know, without digging in more, if you're just trying to sit down and read through them and, and understand it, you know, at face value, sometimes it's just hard. And it's like, in the Old Testament, sometimes even exponentially harder, depending on where you are, to, to understand what's going on. Uh, at just a first read when you haven't done a deep study of that book before to understand the context of it. For me, one thing, I don't like to read that much. I mean, I know a lot of people love reading, but as I've gotten older and I've matured, I've the time that I want to spend in the Bible and actually dive deep into it requires a lot of time to understand the fig tree getting cursed. And, you know, we have references that say, hey, go read this, go read that, you know. And, you know, everyday life sometimes getting gets in the way. But I think for me, just the fact that it, it's hard to kind of gravitate or actually to calm down and kind of spend mm -hmm. time reading like I yeah. want to. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about something earlier about, you know, riding bikes. You know, I could go out and ride a bike once a week. Yeah, I'm getting getting that in. But I'm kind of in the same mentality. It's like, you know, let me sit down for this because I want to be in it in depth. And, mm -hmm. and I just... Yeah, my my wife and I talk about this a lot. We've we've had conversations with this in our small groups too. The, the idea that sometimes we want reading the Bible to look like what we think perfect quiet time should look like, and real life doesn't work that way sometimes. Yeah. And so like understanding that committing to read the Bible doesn't mean that it's going to be an hour in your basement with no distractions all the time every day kind of yeah. thing. That sometimes it's going to be opening up your phone app while you're sitting in the waiting room someplace and just flipping through some stuff and, and yeah. just trying to get what, what God's telling yeah. you at that point in time. I think it, it sometimes, certain periods of my life too, there is, it's almost a fear of reading uh, because you know, probably from conviction of the Holy Spirit, that maybe certain things in, in my life need to change and it's hard to read some of this stuff and it's just convicting or it's challenging. Um, or it makes you very uncomfortable. I think I've talked to you before about how hard it is for me to listen to David Platt because no man ever challenges me more than David Platt. It's just ridiculous. And so it's it's super intimidating to sit down under the Word like with people like him because you know, like, and it's not him really. It's just bringing clarity to what's there in Scripture. And it's hard and it's challenging. And sometimes I want to be lazy. And it's a challenge I have to fight against. Of I'm comfortable and I don't want to have to deal with this right now. Yep. And that's something I have to, to try to fight against. Uh, it's it's kind of like, I think about Adam and Eve, you know, when they had sinned and they, they were hiding in the garden. 
I kind of feel that, like, like what you're saying. Yeah. I feel that way sometimes too. Like, well, I'm reading this and it's convicting me and it's, and it's bringing the sin to light. Maybe not to everybody, but yeah. my own sin, it's bringing it to light in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe I got to shift this <laughs> So I get yeah. what you're saying. Well, yeah. and I, th- I think that can be equally as challenging for somebody who isn't even a Christian. Like for, for Christians, we, we open and we go, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be more and more like Jesus every day. Jesus is asking me to do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And for non-Christians, sometimes you're like, I don't know if I want to open that book because I don't know what it's going to, like, I, I don't know what it's going to tell me. I don't know what it's going with. I don't know if I'm going to interpret it right. And then if I'm going to change my life in a direction that I'm supposed to, it just becomes a hurdle that you don't even want to try to jump over because you're afraid that you won't make it over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What would you give some advice for people who are struggling with the idea of it being convicting or a hurdle to get past? I'd say that when we become Christians, we know that, that Jesus shed his blood for our sins. We know that the, the purpose of our salvation, the purpose of our, our relationship with Jesus is to have that relationship with him. And if that is your driving factor, that should, should encourage you to say, hey, I know I'm forgiven. Jesus is here for me. He wants this relationship. He wants this connection. So for me, that's what drives me to get past those convictions and to know, hey, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to pray to you and say, hey, look, I'm sorry for what I did. And I know you forgive me. It's good that we have that father there. It's good that we have that, what's the word I'm looking for? The mediator, you know, the guy that's there that says, look, I'm going to hold you accountable, but I also forgive you. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what helps me to kind of read more and to pray more. For me, it's community. When I'm struggling with that or not wanting to interpret a passage the way that I should be interpreting a passage, it's it's the community that I surround myself with. It's it's you guys. It's my small group. It's it's people who have been in my small group in the past who I still keep up with who occasionally like just poke at me. Hey, how are you doing with this? What's going on with this? You know, or what are you reading today? Oh, how's that going? Kind of thing. And so this idea that we have a heavenly Father who wants to extend us grace and who does forgive us but who also puts us in positions where we can communicate with other people who can help encourage us when we start to hit these roadblocks or these these mental blocks when it comes to to being accountable to studying God's Word and then living out God's Word at times. Um, where do you go when you're looking for a reading plan? So if, if you want to, if you finish up your study, Proverbs right now, how do you determine what, what you're jumping into next? I know, I know sometimes you said you just open up the Bible and, and run with it, but... But if you're looking for a plan, where do you go? I've done a number of different things. I mean, sometimes I'll try to alternate between Old Testament and New Testament just to, in a sense, keep things fresh because they, they are very different. Um, from a plan perspective, honestly, a lot of times I use what's in the version um, just because I like the convenience of I can't keep up with paper and stuff. I'll lose it. Uh, some people are just, my wife is very wired to, like, she has her planner. She has everything marked. It's perfectly organized. It's great. I can't do it. I just, it's not me, um, unfortunately. So it helps me that I always know where my phone is. Uh, so having that little thing that check marks when I've read something that is helpful. Um, and they just have so many things on there. So like uh, there was a time with some of my health, health issues last year that I was struggling with a lot of anxiety. And, you know, in the moment, I can't really think super clear and, you know, use my biblical, you know, uh, knowledge to think about, okay, this book's going to apply great in this exact psalm, right? And in the middle of that anxiety, I can't think like that. So you go to your version. Oh, look, there's a reading plan, seven-day reading plan for anxiety. Great. And it had all the psalms that I needed. Like, And I didn't have to remember where they were. 
it's it's helpful from that topical perspective as well. I think for us, um, we when I say we, I mean Haley and I, my wife and I, and then my son Harley. We kind of gear things towards like what helps us best with our family. Recently, we've been reading through the Circle Maker. That's a Mark Batterson book. Um, he also has a Bible study associated with it. Um, and it's been really good. It talks about, you know, um, doing prayer circles around your life and things that, you know, uh, you feel that you would need. Not, not necessarily what you need, but, but we all have needs in life and we all have wants. And, and if, you, if you wrap a prayer circle around it, you know, he talks about how, you know, God will fulfill what you need. And you should pray circles around it. I, I'm not here to to do pushes, but I really recommend that you go read that book. It, it's great. It's really worked for our family. And other things we do, like we, we adopted a, a child um, out of foster care. And a lot of times, you know, we look at things for like parenting. We look at godly things that we can do with him to kind of help him with some of the struggles he's gone through. That's for us. I mean, I guess it's more of a situational kind of, hey, what, how's this plan working? I'm more like a spiderweb studier mostly. Like if I'm not doing research for small group or the podcast, I'm I'm kind of all over the place. I'm probably not a good person to give advice for where to go to, to look for a reading plan. I, I'll read something in Matthew and it'll tangent me off into something in the book of Exodus. And then I'm off in Exodus and I didn't finish Matthew. And then I read something and I'm curious how that relates to something from Genesis. And then I'm in Genesis. So I'm just... I'm all over the place. I'm not a good person to turn to for reading plan stuff. So I will try to put up uh, links or at least remind these in the podcast notes, the YouVersion Bible and the, the Circle Maker uh, resource, just so that other people can find stuff. You, so you mentioned one of the ones y'all are doing now that was in, has been impactful. What are some of the most impactful Bible studies you've ever done? I'll be honest, the one that we talked about a little while ago, going through the Bible, going through the Old Testament specifically, like book by book, was the... That was the most impactful for me. Part of it was because I'm a procrastinator, and so doing one book or a half a book a week meant that I was forced to read for the first time, like actually sit down and read a couple chapters a day for the first time in my life and study through stuff, and that really helped me with that. So that, that one was by far the most impactful, not just for me helping me understand the Bible, but helping me come up with the routines that I needed and the discipline that I needed to become a Bible reader. Yeah, when I was in high school, we read through uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel. I remember like thinking about first Sunday, what we were going into that, and I was like, man, this is the Old Testament. I'm not really looking forward to this. But I mean, I learned so much from that, you know, going step by step, you know, or, or chapter by chapter book. And uh, it just really meant a lot to me, kind of opened my eyes, you know, on some of the prophecies, and, you know, and it alluded to like Jesus Christ, you know, and, and all that. So. I thought it was awesome. It really got me into reading the Old Testament. Well, that's going to conclude the first episode we're going to do is a roundtable study. We're going to try to do another one that'll come out in a couple days. Um, hopefully, y'all enjoyed the change-up and the new voices. They're way more entertaining than I am. Until next time, I love y'all.